The title of this message is Seminary Can Kill You. I thought I might get some amens. How does that happen? We spend three, four years learning to talk about God and never talking to Him. God becomes a concept. God becomes a topic. A topic to be understood, a topic to examine, a, study, a topic to be investigated, an abstraction, and no longer the terrifying, horrifying, gorgeous, marvelous, overwhelming, glorious, loving God. That's what Jesus was concerned about that last night on earth. And in what we call the Last Supper discourse, he was trying to prepare his students for what was going to happen to them. For three years they had been with him. Now that was all going to change. And over and over again in these four chapters, Jesus says, I am telling you this in advance so that when it happens, you won't be blindsided. That's the Living Oswald version there. <laughs> You'll be ready. Two things keep coming up that he wants to prepare them for. First of all, he wants to prepare them for the fact that he's going away and coming back. I hope there are instant replays in heaven. I want to see some of these scenes. What did he just say, Nathaniel? He said he's going away. Where? He didn't say. And, and coming back? Mm-hmm. What in the world is he talking about? Search me. And then he wanted them to be prepared that the world was going to hate them. No, guys. <clears throat> I'm not going to lead you in a triumphal parade where the crowds are praising you, singing accolades to you. No, no. They're going to hate you. Because if this works, what is in you will condemn them. They'll hate you. Get ready. And he uses an Old Testament image. Jesus read the Old Testament. Who knew? <laughs> the image of the vineyard. Isaiah was a master communicator. He knew how to relate to his audience. And his audience were vintners. They were vine growers. Judah is no good for growing anything else. It's no good for pasture land. It's no good for grain crops. But vines? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so Isaiah says, let me sing a song of my beloved's vineyard. And their ears perk up. Oh, we know about this. My beloved found a piece of fertile ground. But like all fertile ground in Judah, it was full of rocks. 
So he spent a year, a year, cleaning the rocks off that piece of ground, building walls to keep out the animal foxes and building watchtowers to keep out the human foxes. And then the next year, he mortgaged the farm to buy the best kind of vines he could. And those people all say, oh man, yeah, <laughs> we understand, been there, done that. And he got the very best. And finally, after two years of work, comes the third year, and here are these vines. Look at those luscious clusters of grapes. Every grape bursting with good flavor. <coughs> it's bitter. No, 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 no. Not after three years, no. It's an accident. Bitter grapes. What shall I do with my vineyard? Oh, man, they're standing on the backs of the pews. Tear it up. Burn it down. Tear down the walls. Call in the animals. Yes. You are the vineyard of the Lord. Oh, my. Bitter grapes, Isaiah? Arrogance, I can handle it. I'm the smartest person in this class. I'm also the most holy person in this class. <laughs> Years from now, I'm going to be in First Church. Arrogance, greed, I have a right to have my desires satisfied. Whatever I want, whatever I see, I have a right. Jealousy. How did she get that honor when I deserve it? Everybody knows that I'm better than she is. You're probably not, but... <laughs> Jealousy. Jealousy. And of course, finally, violence. I will get what I want. However, I have to get it. And Jesus takes that image and in his customary way, turns it on its head. My father is the vintner, but I am the vine. And guys, he was talking to men at that point, guys, I'm calling you no longer to be with me, but now to be in me. Your life inseparable from my life and my life flowing through you. Oh my. Could seminary be that? For you, for me, learning how to abide. By my count, ten times in seven verses, Jesus repeats that word. Have you learned anything in inductive Bible study? <laughs> now, it's interesting. It's an archaic word now. 
It's been a long time since I've said to anybody, why don't you come and abide with me for a couple days? <laughs> so the NIV and the NLT have opted for remain. Well, it's not a bad translation. That's a pretty good translation of meno. But oh, Jesus had so much more in mind than that. And the King James translators found a word in their vocabulary, abide, live in Jesus. Learn how to live in him day after day, hour after hour. Live in me. Don't let anything rip you loose from me. Live in me, and you will bear much fruit. Now, I have to tell you, as a young Christian, this passage condemned me. Because I heard preachers say, the fruit we're talking about here is converts. And I've never been a very successful personal evangelist. Well, of course, Jesus didn't say make converts. He said make disciples, didn't he? But I've learned that here, the fruit we're talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. Our minds immediately go to Galatians and the list of the fruit of the Spirit there, but I want to take you to another place. I want to take you to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Paul knew about second blessing holiness before John Wesley. Think of that. <laughs> because he says a fascinating thing in chapters 2 and 3. He says you're dead. In Christ, you are dead. Now die. Huh? He says another image. <clears throat> in Christ, you have undressed. Now take it off. What? Yes, he's saying that when we accept Jesus as our Savior, there is a potential planted in us. A potential that we may take for granted. But he knows, as all of us know, that there will come a day down the road when we suddenly discover, I don't want Jesus' way. Yes, I want his blessings. I want eternal life, but I don't want to do what he says. What's wrong with me? And Paul says, all right, all right, now take it off. Take it off. Have you been there? Have you discovered that? And then he says, all right, now put it on. Put on what, Paul? Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as chosen. <laughs> I think it's Max Lucado who started this. But did you know God has your picture on his refrigerator? <laughs> Yours. How is it that of all the billions of people who've lived on this planet, you are his special favorite? Well, don't get the big head. I am too. <laughs> chosen. Chosen. Out of all the people that have ever lived, I choose you. 
I choose you. I choose you. Mm. Do you know that you're chosen? Holy. Taken by God to be used exclusively for his purposes and to share his character. And love. I will never forget the first time I heard his voice. Karen and I had had our first fight. She was right and I was wrong, but I didn't admit it at the time. And she left, rather forcefully closing the door. And I sat there in anguish. And I heard God say, I love you. Chosen, holy, beloved. Put on, you ready for this? Earth shaking. I'm going to fall off these steps if I'm not careful. <laughs> Compassion. Compassion? Yeah. The ability to get out of yourself and into the pain, the grief, the joy of somebody else. Wow. Kindness. I hope in your Old Testament studies you have run into Hesed. If you haven't, see me afterwards. <laughs> 275 times in the Old Testament. Not in any other Semitic language. The passionate, undying devotion of a superior to an inferior, especially when undeserved. The Hesed of God that is forever, say the psalmists. But guess what? You can also translate that word, that amazing, earth-shaking word, with kindness. Yeah. You're doing something for somebody they haven't earned. Put on compassion. Put on kindness. Put on <laughs> humility. Guess what? You cannot practice humility in a closet. If you do, you don't have any. <laughs> humility can only be practiced with others. And humility is not thinking little of yourself. That's just reverse pride. Humility is not thinking of yourself. Humility is thinking about them. Oh my goodness. Talk about freedom. Freedom. What are they thinking about me? How am I looking? How do what I said just sound? Put on compassion, kindness, humility, <laughs> patience. And then sort of to be sure that we get it, patience is kind of abstract, bearing with one another. <laughs> ah, yes. Patience. 
with nasty people. Patience with thoughtful, pe thoughtless people. Patience with cruel people. Wow. And forgiving them as you are forgiven. Yeah. Do you really know how deeply and truly and fully you've been forgiven? <laughs> if you have, and forgiving other people is not a big deal. But if you are proud <clears throat> of your accomplishments in the Christian life, why should I forgive you? And wrap it all up in love. Self-giving, self-denying love. Fruit, folks, fruit. Fruit that isn't our doing. Oh, it's produced in us but it's the result of his life flowing through us. That's what Paul is talking about in Philippians chapter 3. He says, hey, I've got a four-point average. When the professors call on somebody to pray in class, I've been voted holiness exponent of the year. <laughs> Everybody knows that when I graduate, I'm going to get a plum appointment. And Paul says, I count it all as manure. Manure. If it keeps me from my true goal. And what's my true goal, Paul? To be found in Christ. What's that mean? Where's Paul? Oh, he's in Jesus, didn't you know? What's it mean? It means scratch Paul and you get drenched with Jesus. What do they get when they scratch you? What do they get when they scratch me? In Oh, that's what it's about. So, Oswald, how do I do this? How do I avoid being killed by seminary? Number one, during these years here, whatever else you do, fall in love with Jesus. Whatever you have to do, fall in love with Jesus. Two, don't you dare leave these doors without having come to your own funeral. Die to yourself and your way and your will. It may happen in a moment. Praise God if it does. It may happen as a result of a good deal of dying. And I like Wesley here. He says, dying may take quite a while, but there will come a moment when you're dead. That needs to be true for you. If the process is at work in your life, let it come to its full completion. Die. Fall in love with Jesus. Die to your own self, your own will, your own way. Learn to pray. 
And our time is flying here, so I must be very quick. Learn to pray. A hundred years ago or so, when I was in seminary, <laughs> we had a 24-hour prayer chain here. Faculty and students were in that chapel 24 hours a day. We invited people who read the magazine The Herald to send in prayer requests. And there were stacks of prayer cards on that altar. I chose Friday from 12 to 1 in the daytime. <clears throat> and when I went in there the first time, I thought, how in the world am I going to pray for an hour? It was no problem. As I poured over those heart cries. When I first wrote this down, I wrote down, learn how to pray. No, no, no. That's techniques. Don't learn how to pray here. Learn to pray. Learn to turn to Jesus at every moment of the day and the night. Fall in love with Jesus. Die to yourself and your way. Learn to pray. Guard your devotional life as you would guard your head in a fist fight. Don't let anything steal those moments with Jesus at the beginning of the day. And that means going to bed early enough the night before so you can drag your bod out of the bed. <laughs> Guard your devotional life. Don't let anything near it. Take every opportunity to worship in public that you can get. I'm delighted to see as many people here. We need to fill this chapel every time there's a service. Get into a small group. Now, we're trying to organize that in the seminary, but whether it's organized for you or not, get into a small group. Four, five, six people who will push you, who will challenge you, who will love you, who will encourage you. And find some avenue of service. Don't, don't spend four years here filling your head full and then go out and expect to serve him. You've got to be serving him now, some way or other. Even, <laughs> even preaching on the street in Nicholasville. Didn't get any amens out of that one. <laughs> so it is, friends. Seminary can kill you. Or seminary can give you life. Your choice. <laughs>